Welcome to Sharon Hart's Woman to Woman, covering topics for everyday Christian living through conversations that challenge spiritual growth. Now, here are your hosts, Sharon Hoskins and Janie Ratzliff. Hi there, this is Sharon Hoskins. Thanks for being with us today. Janie and I want to encourage you in God's love. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So join in the conversation as we discover how blessed are those who love the Lord. Janie, we find in John 15, 9, that Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. It is important that we have a foundation of truth. And Jesus is that truth. And when he died, he died for all so that we could come into the same relationship with the Father that he has. Sharon, I'm going to start off right off the bat with asking you a question. Oh, no. How would there be evidences that would show you that that verse was real to you today? Goodness, Janie, you always put me on the spot. But I I think that I would probably say that he could show me some miracles. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and would those miracles have to be like the parting of the Red Sea? Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) So what if there would be a miracle that you woke up seven days in a row with an incredible, joyous heart, excited to be alive in the middle of a society that is chaos? Would that be a miracle? Well, I think that that would be quite the miracle. So I'd like for us to really start to look at who he says he is, and the way he has expressed himself. Because many of us have uh, our own agenda. And and I have a lot of people right now that are facing health crisis, and they are not seeing it as perhaps a blessing in disguise. They're seeing it as a threat, and they want a miracle Mm -hmm. like they saw in the Gospels when Jesus Christ healed all as Mm -hmm. he was establishing who he was as God in the flesh. And I think a lot of people are are looking for a miracle in our society, in the culture, in the government, in the things that are, are happening around us. So... I think that miracles is what we're really looking for. Well, let's see how we can maybe see how miracles are occurring right now, but they may be according to the mind of God rather than to our own wishful thinking. Well, you had said something to me off air that a miracle could be a divine delay when we pray. So those divine delays are miracles. And a little bit of an example of that is with some people that I know in the fact that they do have severe health issues. And every time they get ready to start a certain procedure, something else comes up as a crisis. And after about the third or fourth attempt to start and having it stopped, they've started to say, is this a delay that has another intention to it than Is what I'm doing something here? Yes. Right. Well, they're finding out that the timing, mm-hmm. because if the immune system and some of the other issues are not in place, then what should be a solution 
could be a death warrant. Well, you know, and it goes back to what we've said in the past. If we can put all of our faith and trust in that relationship with God and knowing who he is and putting our love toward him as he has put his love toward us, then there is a confidence, a quiet confidence that comes in that relationship that we can trust him no matter what happens. Those divine delays are perfectly fine because we know that God has something in store, that he knows what's best. He can see what's coming around the corner. And when we can trust that, then our heart can sing songs of love to him. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because in knowing him, one of the ways that he really wants to communicate with us is as we worship him. And worship is uh, really being worthy of who you are. And he is worthy of all of our worship. That's right. And I think you and I have both learned so much about that is as we made a study of David in the shepherd's field, Mm -hmm. uh, it was such a delight to see how he had a lot of aloneness. But in that aloneness and being lonely, it caused him to reach out and the Lord taught him as he laid under the stars and saw the vastness of God's creation. And he wrote some of the best lonely songs in the Psalms. So Sharon, we need to stop and realize that sometimes those divine delays that you talked about is because we do need to experience things that are not necessarily because we have failed but because we are being schooled Mm -hmm. in how to show agape love to others. And we need to begin in worship. And so I'd like to give you just a very simple definition of agape love that we need to have in our heads when we start the process of knowing the Lord. So what is agape love? It is the intention and the actions of living for the objective of benefiting others. I'm going to repeat that. It's the intentions that's within your heart and the actions that your heart displays in every day of your life, having the objective for living and serving others. Okay. Many of us serve with great actions and a bad attitude. And we don't realize it, but that our bad attitude will develop other things that it will convey that other people will pick up and will think we're serving you and we're caring for you. And I've got a bad attitude. And you know what comes across is the bad attitude rather than seeing the act of service. So So basically, we know what we have to do or what's required of us. And we do those things, but it's not coming from our heart. Well, it's probably coming from our heart, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And then we do remember that the Lord said that the heart is deceitfully wicked and who can know it? (laughs) But when we are joyous in our service and, and, you know, we always keep thinking that we have to really have a relationship with a person to show all of this. And the Lord pointed out to me, no, you don't. Uh, I need to run you over to Luke where Luke was writing in Luke 10 about someone called... I thought you were going to run me over. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of 
run you over to. <laughs> well, let's move over or flip over to Luke 10. Okay. All right. Back on track, girl. Uh, it, but he showed me the Good Samaritan. Now, the Good Samaritan didn't have a relationship with that person laying by the side of the road. But it does say uh, in Luke 10, verse 32, that he saw this person. He saw he saw a need. Mm-hmm. All right. And then seeing that need moved him with compassion. So the heart must have been sensitive to pain and destruction and unknowns because right. he didn't know why he was laying there. Right. And then it says, so he went to him. Oh, wow. He got involved as a stranger, but having a sensitivity to a need. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes we can butt in when we shouldn't. However, in this case, it demanded someone to come to, to the scene, to, to take action. And so what did he do? Well, he bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine. He set him on his own animal. So he used all of his resources and He took care of him. Now, I don't know what all that entailed, but it certainly showed somebody who was involved, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? It wasn't somebody was saying, boy, I hope somebody gets these. I hope somebody somebody can take care of that guy. (laughs) Yes. Let's see. And then it says on the next day when he departed, he let the innkeeper know that he would be financially responsible for anything that he incurred. He gave of his resources. And Sharon, when we meditate on that, are we there? Do we have resources that the Lord has uniquely given to us to be ready to share? And then are we asking each day, Lord, open up a door of opportunity Mm -hmm. that we can be a visible image of what agape love is? Because agape love is basically serving others, not having my own agenda as being the first priority. Right. And many times we do have an agenda that is our first priority that's very well-meaning, but it still does not benefit the hearer, uh, and it doesn't really help heal the situation. So I really ask the Lord once again to prepare our hearts that we are ready to listen and then take heed to what he wants us to do in each situation. But I just thought that was a good expression when I was thinking about relationships. And the Lord said, no, I can equip you to handle a stranger. You know, Janie, I think it, that's really important that we be mindful of what God would want us to do when we see things happening around us. It took that guy time to cross the road and take care of this guy, to take him and drop him at the innkeeper and give of his resources. I mean, that not only not took from the oil that he had, from the finances that he had, but it also took his time. And too many instances, we are irritated by the inconvenience or irritated that things didn't go the way we wanted them to or frustrated at somebody who affects our life negatively. And so just making sure that we are mindful of our position of what God's called us to do in the situation that we see before us. And Sharon, sometimes the current circumstances can cause us to have a threat with the unknown, Mm. with the way people are verbally assaulting and trying to influence what you can do and what you can think. And that puts us in a threatening environment. And it puts us on the defense. 
and it puts us at risk. Uh And, you know, I'm wondering if I had been walking along the road and I saw this person laying there, I'm wondering if my first thought would have been there's been an ambush. And if I go help him, will I be next? next? Mm -hmm. Now, you translate that into current Mm -hmm. situations, and people are thinking, I just need to pull back and not get involved and and go hide. So I think what we need to do is maybe we need to establish the triple V's, all right? Oh, wow. Okay. Triple V's. Triple V's stand for having victory in being available and being vulnerable. Oh. Does that set mm-hmm. in your heart? Yeah, if you leave off the A on available. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to make it work, Sharon. Okay. <laughs> well, but we w- do what we can to <laughs> trigger brain <laughs> situations. So, so, but victory does come, doesn't it? Uh-huh. By being available to what God allows to happen to you. Uh-huh. And instead of thinking, oh, dear fear, just think, you know, Lord, you've been running the show for Jillian's uh-huh. uh, eternity, and now you've let this come on my little plate, right? And and I'm available because I'm here, and you've presented it in my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now, Lord, I better know your love, so I'm willing to be vulnerable right. to what you're calling me to. So wherever you take me, whatever you ask me to do, that it will still be through a heart of love. And there's a song, the old fashioned song says, wherever he leads me, I will go. It's sad that it's old fashioned. It shouldn't be labeled old-fashioned, but okay. But I tell you what, I remember when I started singing that song when I had really surrendered to the Lord. And Sharon, it put a pit in my stomach. Wherever you lead, it's going to be unknown. I'll follow. And I choked on (laughs) the, I'll fall, I'm trying, Lord. But you know what? If we look at David, he wrote those Psalms of love. But many of them start out with his transparency of of frustration or anger or fear or or troubles of some sort. And then he ends every time with praise and honor and and worship to God and release. And he starts off, I think it's Psalms 40 and 42. Oh, my soul, why are you so downcast? Mm-hmm. I look at the wicked and they seem to be prospering. Until I went into the place of worship and I saw their end and I praise you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your long suffering. You know, Sharon, there's a few verses that we probably just ought to start off with describing the character of God. And you did one with John 15, 9. But are you still in John? Yes. Okay. Go to John 13, 34. And okay. Okay. And uh, read that. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Okay. Now go back and read John thirteen one. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, He loved them to the end. He loved them to the end, Sharon. He was getting ready to leave, and he did not want them to be left with the anxiety of the unknowns that he knew was going to come upon them. Mm -hmm. He knew that his end was near, and he wanted them to be at peace and rest in knowing that he was providing for them 
everything they needed to make it through the unknown events that they were going to experience. And, you know, uh, we can look back at Scripture and we know the end of the death of Christ. But if we were the disciples in John 13, 14, 15, 16, I mean, they went through some really troublesome moments, days. They didn't understand what was happening. This this doesn't make sense. Maybe maybe if they had gotten frustrated and threw up their hands and went and hid under the covers, they wouldn't have been a part of the wonderful, great things that God had in store in the next day or two. And he knew what they were going to suffer emotionally when he had them join him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. And then they went to sleep on him. They were so overwhelmed with their own agenda and the failures and, and what they saw happening mm-hmm. before their eyes that they just had to go to sleep. And and well and, and unfortunately the church has been asleep for quite some time, I think. Yes. And and letting the Lord go through the agonizing as he has seen this nation which has been under evil uh, mm-hmm. for who knows how long, but now being violently expressing itself, boldly expressing itself. Right. And now we have we have some guilt. Oh, yeah. We have a sense yeah. of failure. Mm-hmm. We have a sense of, oh, why didn't I see? Or maybe a, a sense of feeling like it's too late. You know, it, it's too late. I've I've slept right through all the important things that I could have done. And you know what? That's probably where a lot of people are. But you know what? That is earthbound thinking. Mm-hmm. And we are heavenbound saints. It is never too late for the eternal God. And I'm glad you That's said right. that because that should be a, a fight song. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, if we were a cheerleader, go team, yeah. go. <laughs> well, he's on the throne and all of these perplexities has not ruffled him one iota. And I think what we want to encourage people today is even though things look dark, there is a truth, and that is it's always the darkest before the dawn. And, you know, it's really great that you said God's not ruffled, and that's where we want to be. You know, if if we're somebody that's like David, seeking after God's own heart, then... We want to have a heart that's not ruffled, that we are secure in him, we're, we're standing in him, we're faithful in him, we're protected in the fortress of him, and we're not ruffled. And in that stability, that we can give courage to someone else. And with taking that, Sharon, there is a difference between... Um, who the crowds say that Jesus is, and who those that know him that say he is. And that is illustrated for us in Luke 9. Are oh, you moving okay. around in, in the... I, I sure can. Okay. We need to let people know that uh, since we believe the scriptures are our all in all, we never sit before a mic without a Bible. Luke 9. What and, verse? Oh, well, let's see. Go down to uh, verse 18. Okay. And it came to pass as he was alone praying. Oh, wait a minute. Stop. Okay. Alone praying. So the Lord had his priorities aright. Oh, that's a good point. Because Jane. he spent a lot of his time alone, alone praying. praying. And yet he said he did nothing 
but what the Father instructed him to do. So that's point one. I'll continue on. His disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? In other words, who do the crowd say I am? What does the general public say? And so continue on. Okay. They answering said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others say that one of the old prophets is risen again. Now, here is a hidden thought. Uh, They say that, uh, well, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others say old prophets. Elijah lived like 850 years before Christ was there. Some say the other prophets, they refer back to Moses. Moses lived 1,500 years before the time of Christ, all right? So they were looking at earthbound history. Okay, so they were looking at things of this earth, temporal. But now let me tell you something, just real quick here. Okay. Moses and Elijah both represent those that will be caught up in the rapture and never taste death. And Moses will be a representative of that who's that tasted death, but was resurrected. Okay. Just by referring back to those two names, there is a whole All right. agenda All that right. we can pursue at a later date. All right. Gotcha. So they are still looking at history. But then go on, because this is, this is neat. Okay. And he said to them, but whom say you that I am? So what what's happening is the Lord is saying. That's what people are saying. But who do you, who I spend my time with, who I'm around all the time, who follow me and are with me, who do you say that I am? And what was the response? Peter answering said, the Christ of God. Okay, now. Would you not think that since Peter gave such an astounding answer of really understanding that this is God in the flesh, that he would want to now go proclaim it to everybody? Right. Well, see what the next verse says. And he, Jesus, strictly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing. Oh, my. There is a time to speak and there's a time to hold for a reason that the Lord may give. And so at that time, he needed them to not speak. That's right, because he knew that there was many things that he was going to have to go through from the scribes and from the Pharisees. But what he was doing is he was setting them up to know that they knew who he was. They understood who he was, and that would provide them the hope that they needed when things went completely south and they saw circumstances that looked like their death had become a death to a vision well and that's the same thing that we can look at today you know there's a lot of things that people say that god is that isn't true and so we have to be not only knowledgeable but heart knowledgeable about who God is, not just with head knowledge of what the Bible says, but a heart knowledge of who God truly is and knowing that he is the Christ, the son of the living God who died on a cross, who was raised again, who took away all of our sins, who is the lamb that was slain, but is the lion who is returning one day to receive unto himself those who received him 
as Lord. I believe you've just given out the gospel message, Sharon. And with that, I think I'll close this in prayer. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Father, I thank you for Sharon's words because they were straight out of the mouth of the living God, expressing that everything we need for eternity and everything that we need for forever is available today as you prepare us Train us, mold us, make us, shape us into what you have prepared for each life before eternity. If we will hear you, see you, and accept you. And Father, it's our prayer today that anyone listening that has not taken advantage of that, so freely given, and a love that lasts forever, that never knows an ending, that is all sufficient, may be theirs. Father, I just pray that if there's one heart today that will open their heart to you, what a joy it will be and how we may worship you in praise and honor. And we end this prayer, Father, praying it with all the authority that your name holds. Amen. Amen. This is Sharon Hoskins along with Jenny Ratzliff saying goodbye until next time. And God bless. Thank you for joining us for Sharon Hart's Woman to Woman. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again or for Bible study resources, go to SharonHarts.org. That's SharonHarts.org.